So if you like this podcast, and why wouldn't you? You ought to check out another podcast on this feed, which is Remember This Crap, which new episodes drop every Tuesday night or Wednesday morning. So it's time to remember this crap. Okay. I don't, you could have you could have hit me in the head with Ted Brown, and I wouldn't have known who he was. For all you youngsters out there, Steve Stone voice. He said, you're a hell of a football player, but you are not a quarterback. A moment of silence. I think he died. I might be wrong. When I was a kid, this might... This might join the list of things like, you know, Ali Haji Sheik scalping tickets. So obviously my memory is not perfect. The famous brothers where one was awesome and one uh, not so much. Yes. So one, one carry a year? Pretty much. He, uh, Ed, it's like a Christmas bonus. Eddie, here's your carry. You, whatever they wrote down, that became your name. So he was actually quite a bust at one point in his life. Like Ozzy and Jose Canseco. Congratulatory asshole. How about like uh, Joe DiMaggio? Now, Dom DiMaggio was a great center fielder defensively, I guess. But there was also a Vince DiMaggio who was sucked. Uh, Jerry and Scott Hairston, which one would actually qualify as the good one? And then the more apt one, of course, would be Corey and Eric Patterson. Yeah. Okay. Good call. Did you just did you look that up? Or no. You, I feel at least somewhat validated that that was making the rounds back then. After week one. Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Pointless Exercise Podcast. It's yet another, the third, is it the third Bear Victory Monday in a row? Third. It is. The Red Hot Bears, they have won three of their last nine games. I mean, come on. You can't get any hotter than that. Joining me as always for the Bear Podcast is uh, actor, comedian, Mike Pusateri, who you can find as uh, Mike Pusateri 2 on IMDb. Did you know there's a three? There's like a five or six, I Are think, there? isn't there? Who knew I that was such a common name? name. <laughs> yeah. You can also find Mike at his own website, MikePusateri.com, on the Twitters at slash Mike Pusateri, and on Instagram. All right, I'm going to remember this one time. I am... Mike Pusateri, or just I'm, I-A-M? I-A-M. I am Mike Pusateri. Nailed so, it. So two M's, two M's in a row there? Yeah, it's a little weird. I don't looking. I don't have any uh, children? No, elephant books. Right. So. <laughs> so the Bears had to go to uh, Jacksonville and face down one of their former stud quarterbacks, <laughs> Mike Glennon, and they survived – with a rousing forty-one to seventeen win, and you posted a you posted a picture of Glenn and it kind of he, he looked like Jar Jar Binks in, in that photo that you posted. The neck the 40, is amazing. The, the neck is like sixteen inches long. So it's, when it's I joked crazy. last week that he's five ten with a giraffe neck that makes him six seven, that's exactly what he is. Yeah. The only thing tall about him is the neck. It's really weird. And I enjoyed. We might as well just start with uh, uh, Rich Gannon. Yeah. The uh, is he? Well, he was an NFL MVP, so he's still the most famous 
Delaware Blue Hen quarterback of all time. Mm. But the second most famous one being the visor enthusiast who coaches the Bears. The Nagy, great Matt Nagy. Nagy followed just a few years after Rich Gannon. Rich yeah. had an interesting game, to say the least. <laughs> mm-hmm. For the most part, he's full of banal pseudo-profundities about football and quarterbacking in general. The things like, you know, um, to him, a deep insight is, you know, if you can establish a running game, it makes it easier to pass. You know, stuff we've never, nobody's ever said before. It's genius. Nobody's heard that. Right. But the thing happened to him that happens to every former quarterback who does a Mitch Trubisky game is that at some point they get so exasperated by what they're seeing that they can't help it. They really have a hard time, like, grasping what their eyes are telling yes. them is going on with Mitch. They're like, this cannot be. So We can't be witnessing this. They do get exasperated. So right about the little less than two minutes ago in the first half, the Bears are in the red zone. And you th- when just when you think they can't do anything dumber than first and goal at the half-yard line where they try to run a tight end end around. Always a great play right there at that, in that spot. Mitch on second down drops back. Roll doesn't drop back. Rolls out because they have to roll him out all the time now. That's the right. that's the new crutch. He rolls out and then gets some pressure and spins back to the middle of the field like good old Mitch, and then rolls back out again to the right. And it looks like for a while he's simply well. At first, I thought, is he going to take a minute and a half and accidentally <laughs> run out the half during this play? And then you're like, he's, he has plenty of time. There's nobody around him still. His little no. spin move has cleared half the – most of the Jaguars have stopped chasing anybody for the day. We, as It became very evident in the, when the third quarter started. They had quit. They were no longer playing. Right. He's got all day, and you think, okay, well, he's just going to run for a few yards and fall down, or he's just going to throw it away. No, no, no. He decides to squeeze one in to the right corner of the end zone. Um where his only thing that may have saved him was that there were so many Jaguars there that they were knocking away from each other, all trying to catch it at once. It gets Mm -hmm. intercepted, to which Gannon says, that would be a bad interception for a high school quarterback. That was brutal. He could not believe that it had happened. And, And yes, Mitch has thrown a lot of interceptions in his career, and that one really is the worst. It really is. It was mind-bogglingly terrible, given the score, the situation, the down. And right, then, it was second down. It was, this was not fourth down. This isn't, oh, fuck it. Well, it i got to make something happen. Right. This is, all right, all i got to do is throw it away, and then we still have another shot at a touchdown, and the worst, we're going to kick a field goal. No, no, he just gave it to the other team. That's when he Mitch broke Gannon right then. The little thing in mm-hmm. Gannon, what's left of Gannon's brain, snapped. And then early in the third quarter, he had a play where they ran a wheel route to Jimmy Graham, and the defender fell down. Jimmy is alone in the end zone, and Mitch throws it. I don't know if you know this. Uh, Jimmy Graham is a former basketball player. I don't know if it's ever been mentioned. <laughs> you know, I think somebody, I heard that somewhere. He's 6'5". Yeah. He can jump. And Mitch still, he's all alone in the end zone. And yeah, Mitch the Jaguar, Jaguars Mitch, are treating him like he has COVID. Yes. They're, they're nowhere near him. Yeah. And Mitch b- terribly overthrows him. Yeah. <sighs> to which Gannon, after a beat, says, 
You've got to make that throw. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes. No, yes, Rich. Holy Rich, shit. You are I can't believe any a quarterback could have missed that throw. Yeah. And yet, we're now supposed to uh we're supposed to cling to the narrative that the Bears offense has finally found itself. They they're averaging, the team is averaging 35 points a game for the last 4 games. The other thing you could look at though is you could look at the four teams, the Lions, Texans, Vikings and Jags. For the season, the four teams average giving up 31 points a game, meaning the Bears cumulatively one point better than that over the four weeks. So if we're like looking at like a ba- that'd be like his weighted runs created plus would be like 102. Yes. For those games. Those words, teams they are, are terrible. Right. He's a barely better than average. Yeah, the Bears game. offense is is barely exceeding what you would expect an average NFL offense to do. The reason it feels impressive is that for the first 11 games of the season, the Bears were the only NFL team that averaged fewer than 20 points a game. One of the things that should be remembered is that whether it's because of COVID or the way they're doing the rules now, 2020 is literally the easiest season to score points in NFL history. So these four weeks prove nothing. Zip. The Vikings, who the Bears, you know, almost lost to last week, gave up 52 points on Friday. 52. That's a lot. (sighs) But anyway, uh, the Bears were an offensive juggernaut in the third quarter. They scored three touchdowns in a quarter. Well, obviously, as we talked last, as we talked last week's when we were previewing last week's podcast, when we were previewing this game, you know, I said this is the, the, the you asked me what what the point spread was, and I jokingly said twenty one, but it really should have been twenty one because the Jaguars had absolutely no matter they were not even motivated not to win; they were motivated to lose this game. They have no reason to win this game at all, and in the first half, they looked competent. And coming, and then all of a sudden, coming out of the uh, coming out of the uh, coming into the third quarter, where we know the Bears are horrible, all of a sudden the Bears are world beaters yes. in the third yeah. quarter, was, and the Jaguars are like, "Oh, I get it, we do suck now." Yeah, it could not have been clearer that at halftime, Doug Marone <laughs> got an ass chewing. Oh my! As to you cannot accidentally beat the Bears. Right. You can't I know they're do I know they're gonna make it easy for you. It. I know they're trying. You will set the franchise back twenty years. Right. That's which is exactly what the Jets managed to do to themselves. And then for good measure this week they met the Jets decided, hey, there's still an outside chance that the we could <laughs> that the Jags could fall back to us, so we better win again. And they did. And check me if I'm wrong. Are the Jets thought of as a particularly smart franchise? <laughs> <laughs> are Jets fans generally pleased with their team and what the, and what their team does? No, they are not. I, I, I think the thing that, that tickled me the most about the announcing uh, yesterday was uh, not just Greg Gumbel's hairpiece, which is always amazing. Stellar. Yes. Stellar. Um, Top notch. I don't Top know. It, I mean, it has to have, he, he must have somebody like his, I don't know. Do you have a hair tailor? I don't know who makes hair pieces. <laughs> a hair tailor. Is it a hair instead of a haberdasher? Anyway, 
<laughs> he must sew like an arrow into it so he knows which is the front. Because that thing looks like he could wear it. It's the it's the uh the twenty twenty equivalent of the Mo Howard. It could he could wear it in any direction. I love that. Right. Thing. But what really I, what cracked me up was Gumble and Gannon refusing to point out what was so obvious. Because they talked a lot about the Jags picking Glennon to quarterback this game. <laughs> and how Gannon, even to the point, was like, he was critical of the method they used, which was they split they split the snaps. And you just, you can't do that this late in the season. The quarterback who's going to start needs all the snaps. It's like, guys, everybody knows. So you might as well say it. They started Glennon to give themselves a worse chance to win, not a better chance to win. Exactly. That was, they, James Robinson was basically, declared himself healthy on Tuesday and out of an abundance of caution. They rested him. (laughs) Right. Because he's their best offensive player and they didn't want him accidentally screwing things up by scoring touchdowns. And they started Glennon so that Gardner Minshew couldn't have, because he has these, Gardner is not a terribly good quarterback, but he has moments. Like all of a sudden, one game he'll come out and he'll just be a world beater. And they would not, especially with with Kindle Vildor and Duke Shelley to pick from, they're like, uh-uh, we can't play Gardner. We know if we play Glennon. We're going to lose. We're going to lose. So that's right. the money we've paid Glennon all pays for itself this week with him losing <laughs> this game. He right. becomes one of the best free agent signings in Jags history when he earns us Trevor Lawrence today. This that's is exactly right. But they're acting like, well, you know, when he gets – Gannon would say stuff like, well, you know when Glennon gets on a roll? No, nobody knows what that's like. He's never done it. No. He's never been but, on a roll. And then they they were even saying stuff like, you know, even even Mike Glennon sounded surprised <laughs> when we spoke to him on Saturday that he was starting. He was like, I don't know. I don't know why I'm Do starting I have this to? game. Okay, I guess. <laughs> I thought it was especially fun when – Early in the game, when the Jags were still hanging with the Bears, that Tariq Cohen tweeted, uh, "You got to blitz Mike G, or you know, got to got to heat up Mike G. Blitz, blitz, blitz." <laughs> Which they didn't do in the first half. They did do more in the second half, and you right. immediately saw him crumble because yeah. I didn't. I'm sure Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer were t- were babbling on the radio about, um, well, you know, Glennon didn't play for Nagy. You know, he played for Fox. So Nagy doesn't know this stuff. Well, if he doesn't, he should be fired because the world knows that Mike Lennon sucks. And all you have to do is he doesn't like to get hit and just have somebody chase him and things will be fine. The whole thing was was amazing. So the Red Hot Bears, like I'd like to point out, winners of three of their last nine. Right. All they have to do to make the playoffs now is beat the Packers, who need a win. That's the problem. The Packers do need a win now. And you you do realize there is a scenario out there where the Bears somehow summon the effort of a lifetime and beat the Packers on Sunday, and then right. a week from Sunday play the Packers again in Lambeau. <laughs> because if the Bears are the seventh seed and, the, and they beat the Packers on Sunday and the and the Seahawks win, the Packers become the number two, and they're the team that the Bears play if they stumble into the playoffs. 
they would be perfectly bare to do that. So you, you get blown out in the Sunday night game against the Packers. You pull off a miracle win the final Sunday of the, of the season. Then seven right. days later, you have to go back to Lambeau and get your ass kicked again. So your bragging rights last six days. That's very bear-like, yeah. that scenario. yeah. And you really cost yeah. the Packers nothing because playing the Bears in week one of the playoffs is like getting the bye that they were trying to get by beating them in week 17. Right. So. Right. <sighs> yeah. Uh, as sure as I was that the Bears were going to beat the Jaguars um, yesterday, I am equally sure. <laughs> I am as sure that the Bears are going to get smoked by the Packers. Sadly, and I am, I'm not rooting for that, by the way. But uh, No, I'm not either. And, and that was another yeah. thing I got in a, I've gotten in – Several Twitter fights over the last couple of days um, because I was watching Cardinals Niners and getting viscerally angry at former Bear Robbie Gold, who really looked like he was shaving points, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> missing an extra point and two field goals. Um, and then I was bringing back the old Robbie just wants to feed his family tweet. I said more than once, I hope Robbie's family starves to death or his kids starve right. to death. There are people like, oh, the Bears need to, the, the, why do you want the Bears to make the playoffs? They're just going to bring everybody back. Well, you and I, they obviously don't listen to this podcast because. No, I, if they listen to this podcast, they would they would know better. We yeah. already had the depressing realization that they've done enough to bring to bring Pace and Nagy back. The firing them is already off the table. They needed to basically, they had to be able to pile on that. The Lions lost, got it really close. Yeah, that one they were teetering on. They were going to get whacked. Then when they went out and won the next two weeks, that was gone. Because it's not a matter of is it the right thing to do to fire them? Of course, it's the right thing to do. Even on Sunday against a Jags team that was trying not to win and the Bears won by 24 points. It was a notice. That's a noticeably poorly coached football team that we root for. Oh, my God. There was all kinds of dumb shit happening. So it's not like they haven't figured anything out. The luck of the no. schedule is what figured things out for them. Um, and, and and not only that, you, you've talked about some of Mitch's, shall we say, miscues, to be kind. This guy, even when he completes passes, the guys who are Allen Robinson, whatever, when he's playing for the Packers or whoever he's playing for next year, is this going to be like, this is so nice. I can catch a ball when I'm yeah. wide open and I can pick up yards or I can, I can catch when I'm wide, wide open. I don't have to dive for the ball yeah. to catch it. Even though there's not a guy within three yards of me. It's, it's amazing That's- to me that there are, maybe it shouldn't, you know, it's amazing to me. Yes. As a bear fan, we haven't had our own quarterback to watch where we see how important the doing the, mastering the the supposed little things is. But unless you somehow have a TV where, you, where when you watch the Bear game, you only see the Bear quarterback, and you never see the opposing quarterback, then you can be forgiven. But we've seen good quarterbacks play against the Bears, and you know the guy who's coming in on Sunday is the perfect example of that. What makes Aaron Rodgers so good is, it's well, he has he has the most ridiculous time I've ever seen. Even even more than Patrick Mahomes, because Rodgers is everything looks like he just barely flicks it and it 
goes exactly as far as it needs to go. But he's right. so accurate. And if the ball needs to be placed, you know, on this shoulder or even at the proper height or whatever, it, it's almost always there. With and it doesn't Mitch, matter. It, it doesn't matter if it's a blizzard or yes. perfect conditions. It it doesn't affect him at all. So Mitch's improvement <laughs> has gotten him to the point where he's more often than he used to throwing the ball in the general vicinity of the receiver who's open. That's a great improvement. It's still not, I don't think he does it as much as an average NFL quarterback, but still, but the ball plays, he, he, he's either completely inaccurate or he just doesn't, he's, he has no feel, which it's probably both. He has no feel for how do I hit this receiver so that they don't have to break stride because they're now pulling away from the defender, and I'm going to hit him. He's not going to have to change stride, and he's going to keep going. With right. Mitch, it's like, get him one somewhere near him and let the guy catch it, and then we'll just take the ball right there. And so I tried to point out in the newsletter today that it sounds like nitpicky crap. And the, there was a perfect example. There were two two passes to Robinson in a row. One was an out where um, – if he can get, if he can throw it to the outside, throw it to the sideline, which is where he's supposed to throw it, Allen can catch it in stride and turn up, and he's going to gain five or ten more yards before the safety gets there. Right. Mitch throws it behind him. He has to slow down. He has to chop his feet and slow down. He catches it, so he gains that many yards, but he gets no And then he's lit up immediately. Yes. On the very next play, they run basically the same play, except – Instead of Robinson breaking the out, which is where the defensive back thought he was going to go, he's like, "Oh shit, it's the same play. They're going to run it again." He runs a post. Now he's open. He's going to he's he's going to break it for thirty yards. And once again, he has to slow down and reach back to catch it. At which point, the defensive back now has had time to catch up, and he tackles him. And so, you know, people are like, "Oh yeah, Mitch, you know, two nice gains in a row." No. But he probably cost the Bears conservatively thirty yards with those two throws. Easily. And you, we've seen it. We didn't see it necessarily yesterday, but we've seen it through the course of the season. You could see Allen Robinson is just so frustrated. Like, God, I'm wide open. Why did I have to dive for that yeah. ball to make a spectacular catch? Well, he's had just three. He's had just hit me in the chest, Mitch. Tell you got to do him. There's nobody around me. He's had three passes this year torn out of his hands by defensive backs. Yeah. All three were ones where if the ball had been thrown where it was supposed to, the defensive back doesn't even get their hands on it. No. I mean, Allen's, what, 6'4", 6'3", 6'4". The whole idea with him, and he's got long arms, the whole idea is you let him high point the ball. They never have been able to do that because they never throw the ball where it's supposed to go. No, bitch can't do that. He can't high point it. He'll throw it 50 feet over his head. The other insult I gave was the Bears ran a similar, it was basically the same play that when, when Mitch missed uh, Jimmy for the touchdown in the third quarter, they ran that same wheel route for Cole Komet. And Komet got behind the linebacker and was wide open. And um, Mitch overthrew him badly for an incompletion. So to insult him, I tweeted, um, (laughs) even even Ian Book could have made that throw. A. Cole, to which people were like, no, he couldn't. No, he couldn't. I'm like, that was the point. (sighs) Ian Book is a, a, a very average college quarterback, but he would have made that pass. Of course. And Mitch didn't. This was not right. me bragging about how wonderful Ian Book is. It was me saying even that dud could have completed that pass, and Mitch can't. Yes. This goes back to, Gan- to Gannon's 
comment about a high school quarterback doesn't throw that interception, but Mitt does. I just, I, there's a good chance that the, the retrofitted rollout offense that they're going to have to use again on Sunday, now that it will face an actual NFL defense will be comically overmatched. That's certainly the fear. That's certainly the just fear. maybe the only chance it had of working at the Packers is if they could have somehow held it until that game. Yeah. And then broke it out. And even then it should take a, a, a decent defensive coordinator about five minutes to explain what to do to the guys. Yeah. The you, might get, are... you might get a drive and a half out of it before they're like, all right, here's what we're doing. And you see Mitch Roll was right. If you're the you're the backside safety now, come on over. The ball can't the ball will not make it back that way. You only have to defend half the field at a time. Yeah, the, the Packers the Packers ain't falling for the banana in the tailpipe. Yeah. The one of the one of the interesting things about you could tell how much a, a broadcast team preps by how how far back they can go with the two teams. You know, oh, I did this six weeks ago. They did this. Right. The Bears ran a lot of pre-snap motion. It was very noticeable. And Gannon was like, "See, this is this is what they've been using when it during. No, they, they hadn't been using it." This was all new to the Jacksonville team. <laughs> right. Zero research by Gannon. Gannon is right. just assuming they've been doing this all along. No. And it's actually kind of nice to see, and it's too bad they felt the need to break it out against Jacksonville. Yeah. Um, because when you're gonna, if you're going to run this offense where you're going to send Mitch one way or the other, you have to do something extra to try to get the defense pre-snap to move out of position. Because as soon as Mitch rolls one way or the other, you've the thing people don't seem to get is that the Bears, by having to simplify their offense, have made it that much easier for the defense to defend whatever they're doing. Mm-hmm. Because your quarterback is an idiot, and you've had to basically throw out half your offense and tailor the other half of it to these specific things, the defense has easier he you're giving Mitch easier reads. It means you're also giving the defense easier reads. Right. Yeah, because I always love that. Well the Bears just rolled Mitch out. We went through this same goddamn thing what was it, twenty years ago with Jim Harbaugh. For the same right. reason. Right, right, right. Where yeah. <laughs> where they had to Little exchange. I'm getting a headache talking about the Bears. <laughs> because Harbaugh was basically that era's Mitch. Yeah. You know, same skill set. Jim at least had collegiate success. Um, he at least and was played the for, 20, he, he played, he played for like a the, legit collegiate program, yeah. at least in those days. Although he did, yeah, he played in a Bo Schembechler offense, which was yes, completely but, irrelevant to what the NFL, even the even to what the Bears were doing. Granted, but at least they were in those right. days they, uh, an elite college program, unlike Mitch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, but Harbaugh, phys- Harbaugh and Mitch basically physically are the same player. They really are. Yeah. And so great. So the Bears in in two thousand seventeen yeah. drafted Jim Harbaugh second overall. 
<laughs> Thank you, Ryan Pace. Terrific. Well, when Mitch is coaching at Stanford someday, maybe they'll get a little success out of him. But uh, yeah, then we'll go, and then they'll wax poetic about what a what a quarterback he was with the Bears, like people say about Harbaugh occasionally. No, he, Harbaugh sucked with the Bears. So, yeah, I, yeah. Because for so the Bears streak of everything breaking right for them which happened all last week, all, or two weeks ago, and then happened on Saturday, certainly, came to a screeching halt uh, later in the day on Sunday when uh, Rams quarterback Jared Goff, as limited as he is, is their starter, broke his thumb yep. seven days in advance of the Bears probably needing the Cardinals to win to get them into the playoffs. Double, coupled then by the... Uh, in that same TV window, same game. By the Rams losing, the Seahawks winning, which meant the Packers have to win on Sunday to get the number one overall seed. Because there was a world where the Bears were going to play mostly Packer backups, and the Rams were going were gonna to need to beat the Cardinals to get into the playoffs, where you're like, all right, one of these two things, the Bears are going to get in. Because either the Rams are going to bail them out, or they're going to beat the, the slappy Packer backups. Instead... The Rams are now hell-bent, you know, having to beat the Cardinals with a backup quarterback, and the Bears are playing the a not just a Packer team that doesn't want to lose, but is 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 really motivated to win because yeah. a bye in the playoffs is invaluable. Not yeah, having to all... not having to win, a, you know, having one fewer game to win to go to the Super Bowl is worth its weight in gold. So that's very bad. Yes, and especially with only in COVID, with only one team getting a bye in the conference. Yeah, yeah, they're going to be highly motivated, right? And then the other thing, it's 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 important for the Packers because if you if you figure that the Saints are their biggest hurdle to going to the Super Bowl, um, they want Drew Brees playing football outside, right, in January in Lambeau. Because yes, you know, absolutely. The Drew, Drew is a lot better in, in a dome, no question about it. They do not want to have to go to New Orleans. Yes, and they don't want right. to have to go to Seattle, even though you know you don't have to deal with the ridiculous fans. You still have to. I don't know how you can get to Seattle. You you fly to like Wyoming and get on a moose. And, I don't it's, know. It's, 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 it's just seems, seems logistically ridiculous. You don't want to, have to go to Seattle. So you get a you catch a stagecoach in Cheyenne. Um, well, and, and again, in the Packers, unlike the Jags, the Packers are extremely motivated to win this game. Yes. Jaguars have absolutely no, no motivation to, to win yesterday at all. I mean, had the Jags and, not been, well, they'd lost, they've now lost 14 games in a row. That's not good. Um, but even if they hadn't lost 14 games in a row, um, it's, it, if they had had to, they would have thrown the game. They didn't have to yeah. consider the Jaguars. But if they had had to, they literally would have thrown the game on Sunday. Yeah. But. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I, obviously, you know, obviously, sure, yeah, I'm, all the guy, you know, the, you know, we talk about, yeah, it doesn't matter to the players and the players are playing hard. Well, yeah, but there's a, there's a, uh, there's a, um, 
there's a range in there, right? Like if you're if you're the fourth linebacker on the Jaguars and you're uh, the second round player, whatever, you're highly motivated. You don't give a shit about Trevor Lawrence. No. You want to play in the NFL next no. year, so you're motivated out your ass. Right. But if you're a guy who's going to be with the Jaguars for any length of time, if you're like uh, – Josh Allen was there just to pick. He was their number one pick, I think, last year. Not the, not the Buffalo Bills. Right, the other one. Uh, okay, and so if you're him – and and you're going to be you signed a big contract. You're going to be with the Jaguars for the foreseeable future. Um, would you rather have Trevor Lawrence next year, or would you rather have the bragging rights of being two and fourteen instead of one and fifteen? Well, <laughs> now he's not going to say that. I'm not picking on him, but that goes for any any Jaguars player who's going to be with the team for any length of time. You want the best chance to win in the future, and that best chance comes with Trevor Lawrence. Right. It even. It's it's even I'm sure it's part of the reason why they didn't start Gardner Minshew. Of course, because that's the guy who loses his job if they if when they draft Trevor Lawrence and they're worried that he's going to actually ball out and somehow be you know the the Jaguars picking Glennon to me said more about the Bears than pretty much anything else. It basically yeah. said that the Jags were worried that if they played their mediocre quarterback with the creepy mustache that they might accidentally beat the Bears. And they had yeah. to go to Glennon was the the foolproof we can't we can't you know we can't lose with this guy. We're right. gonna lose. This is what we want and this is what we're gonna get. Right. Especially because they weren't thinking they were gonna necessarily be in this position until the Jets blew it by winning the prior previous week. They're like, oh my God, we got a chance to get a friend you know a, a an Aaron Rodgers type quarterback potentially, yep. and a guy like Trevor Lawrence. Uh, We're not going to blow that. We're not going to screw that up. I did enjoy that. Uh, you know, Glennon found his favorite receiver pretty early and kept feeding him. It was Roquan, Roquan Smith. <laughs> How about the fact that Roquan two interceptions and two fumble recoveries, all on the same plays? Because he also fumbled twice. Right. Two two interceptions, fumbled both, recovered both. So even though he recovered his own fumbles, does it look in the stat sheet yes. like yes. two interceptions and two fumble yep. recoveries? Yeah, he had, he like, had, he had eight tackles, that. two interceptions, two fumble recoveries. Wow, <laughs> that's, that's he's MVP. Literally, right he's there. still pissed that he didn't. He's the he is, I think, legitimately the best player in the NFL who didn't make the Pro Bowl. Oh, and so yeah. he's basically would... said, "All right, I'll just pad the stats." Now look at <laughs> now it looks even worse. Now uh, I looked it up because I thought I was that's so Roquan has four interceptions in his career now. And I thought I'll bet he has more interceptions already than Mike Singletary ever had. Because Singletary famously could not catch a football. Oh my god. He'd right. get in position and it just clanged off him. Um trash, trash can lids for hand. They're actually at the same uh no, Roquan is slightly ahead of his pace. Singletary had twelve interceptions in twelve seasons. Roquan has four <laughs> interceptions in three seasons. There I expect go. that Roquan will blow past Mike Singletary's interception number. Right. Um, Singletary, you know, obviously great player, hall, legit Hall of Fame, first ballot player. Uh, there were there were certain things he could not do, and one of them was catch a football. It right. was to almost hysterical lengths. Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, Roquan will beat that. Well, if for no other, well. If for no other reason, Roquan plays in an era where it's much more of a right. passing right. game now. So there's much more, many more opportunities to. But I thought, play. I'm like, oh, I'll bet Singletary didn't intercept four passes in his career. No, he <laughs> That was a little off. Right. But if you don't look the stuff up, you never know. 
Actually, what I should look up is how many Brian Urlacher had. No, oh, there's a guy. That one. was a guy who could catch a football. In fact, right. he um, he played some offense at uh, where do you go? New Mexico. Yeah, New Mexico. Yeah, he had a few more. Twenty-two. He had five yeah. in one season. And he probably Imagine led. That. He probably led the 2007 Bears in receptions with five. <laughs> probably. Imagine though what Urlacher could have done interception wise had he had a full head of hair. That's true. And now I mean, you should bring him back. Now that he's bring him, yeah, yeah. That's something that we, at some point somebody needs to do a deep dive into. Uh, how come? How come Restore gave Urlacher an entire head of hair, but they only gave Ryan Sandberg just the front? <laughs> <laughs> Right. I assumed it was because uh, that's all. More air, more they probably just got a discount Urlacher. instead of an actual. And Sandberg's like, okay, well, I'm not paying anything, so just do, right. just do the. Give me some bangs, and I'll I'll make it all work. It's like oh, it yeah. doesn't work, but that's fine. Yeah. I mean, the fact <laughs> that anybody pays Ryan Sandberg money to endorse anything is incredible. That is a dude who has absolutely no discernible personality at all. It's just. Yeah. He is a he is a complete blank slate and has always been one. Yes. He is. He is. But my uh I don't even know what my It's not like I didn't like Ryan Sandberg. But I never liked him. <laughs> well, well, like I was always glad he was a cub. He was he was a very right. good player, but I had no affinity for Ryan Sandberg, other than the fact that in a big moment, if the ball was hit to him, you knew he was going to make it up. You didn't have to worry yeah. about it. In fact, to the point where Harry would yell, don't worry, when the ball was hit to Sandberg in a big moment, which was very comforting. I mean, he's, right. I think, despite the love for Roberto Alomar and all this stuff, I legitimately think Ryan Sandberg was the greatest defensive second baseman of all time. I think you can absolutely, you can absolutely make that argument. He no went an entire that. season without a throwing error. Despite the yeah. fact that the second baseman, especially back then, would get knocked into left field on trying to turn double plays. Right. And he just didn't throw right. it away. Well, he was a natural shortstop. He and, also and... he also put up amazing offensive numbers for a guy who could not hit a curveball to save his life. Yeah. Nobody looked worse on decent curveballs than Ryan Sandberg. And still, he put up big numbers. But I Hall always was like, Hall of Fame eh. he just seems so... He seemed to me, and I think he is, a complete dullard. And so I just had a hard time you know, yeah, having any real affection nice, for him. True. It seems nice enough, though. Seems yes, seems like a yes. nice guy. But isn't that what a dullard is? I suppose, Nobody yeah. hates a dullard. They're just kind of there. <laughs> Nobody hates a dullard. <laughs> Put that on a bumper sticker. Yeah. You know, true. this I... is perfect because you know who the most prominent dullard is in Chicago sports right now is? Oh, boy, there's a lot of candidates, I feel like. It's Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> you're right, hands down. Yes. But here's no, the course. difference. If you're a Hall of Fame second baseman dullard, or you're a below-average starting NFL quarterback dullard, you know, it's much better to be Ryan Sandberg. Yeah, I'll take Mitch the Hall Trubisky. of Famer. Yes. Yeah, I will take the Hall of Famer for sure. <clears throat> So, 
Anyway, yeah. I don't know how we got on. Well, I guess for hair replacement is how we got on Ryan Sam. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I, I, but it's my own fault. I always have weird taste in favorite Cubs. I mean, Sean Dunstan was my favorite Cub. But, um, you know, Luis Valbuena was legitimately one of my favorite Cubs. And not they're, not, they're not exactly Ryan Sandberg. But, yeah. But I got, I got, I got, the whole I, thing about it, when he didn't make the Hall of Fame the first, I think, I think it took him until his third time to get voted in. That to me it was ridiculous. So mm-hmm. I I knew my whole life that was a hall that was what a Hall of Fame baseball player looked like. It was Ryan Sandberg. That was right. you can't have a Hall of Fame without Ryan Sandberg in it. And so despite the fact that he was never my favorite cub, I could be legitimately pissed that idiot sports writers were not voting for him. Right. Right. Well, it's the same, you know, it's the same same uh Mindset that keeps Ron Sano out until after he dies. Yeah. Do you remember when uh, was it when they were still on GN? Was it still GN when they used to have Sandberg on the? Post-game? I only remember. I only remember the Marquee Network, Andy. I have no memory. Yeah. Who needs anything else? <laughs> but one of them had Sandberg. He would be like the post-game analyst, uh-huh. and it was just nothing. There was it was amazing. I I would sometimes tune in on purpose just to hear him say nothing about whatever had happened in the game. I'm like, who thought this was a good idea? Honest well, to God, was it sponsored by Dan, Dan Lee's Garage Doors? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably uh, Sloan. Sloan, yeah. and not like the cool Sloan from like Fearless Bueller's Day Off. Not that Sloan. No, like not you that mean. Sloan. No, I'm still yeah. trying to get... I don't know why they won't return my emails. I think Sloan should sponsor Remember This Crap. I mean, what's why a not? more perfect sponsor for that podcast than the preeminent toilet flapper uh, supplier in the in North America? Well, or Torco. You could go you could go to Torco. <laughs> what did Torco make? Were they an oil company? I, thought, I thought they yeah. were an oil company. I thought oil sounds right. Yeah. Don't know why... You need to have that billboard up there, but okay. Now there were a few years when I was a kid where the Torco billboard had a had a the uh, silhouette of a player on it, and they would the Cub Player of the Month. They would put the num they would change the number on there. Wow, I don't remember that. And I okay. distinctly remember this had to be in the Bill Buckner years because okay. for several months it was it was good old number twenty two. Right. I always thought they should have continued to do that, but I'm sure somebody at Torco was like, do you know what it costs to repaint, to change the number on that thing? <laughs> I can't do that. There's like, the Cubs are average at 6,000 fans at a game. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think it's worth it. Ah, leave right. 20, leave 22 up there. Then that's fine. Yeah. How about this? Maybe it'd be cheaper to have the Cubs have whoever wins player of the month wear 22 the next month. They don't go. have to change the billboard. They could just change the uniform. It seems right. Like, yeah. Make it a whole marketing right. gimmick. And then you got Rick Russell trying to squeeze into Bill Buckner's jersey while he's pitching. <laughs> that would be one of those things where, you know, everybody at some point you get to, you, hopefully per- temporarily, but you get to a weight where you go to put a shirt on. You're like, oh, that's going to be a little too tight. It's going to make my back sore. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, no, that's no. And that would be Russell. He got scratched because he was even thinking about putting Buckner's jersey on. Ah, oh, my back tightened up just thinking about it. Were there two heavier brothers than Rick and Paul Russell? There were not two more handsome brothers than Paul. There were certainly the leaders in handsomeness. So my my favorite, one of my favorite baseball cards, and I have it. I got it. 
And I still, my mom did not throw away my baseball cards. I have them. Although I'm sure my wife will, because I think they're in a nondescript box down here in the basement. But I have um, the greatest oh, baseball be- card ever. That's the, the MLB Famous Brothers card, which is clearly a shot of Rick and Paul at Shea Stadium. They have the road, the uh, powder blues, <laughs> the ones that have the mm-hmm. number centered on the front. Do you remember those? Mm-hmm. Rick is wearing a batting helmet. <laughs> Best part of the card, they have the names under them. They have it wrong. They had a 50-50 shot. They have Paul oh, under no. Rick and Rick under Paul. Oh. And they and I I I have it it's sitting here on my desktop because I tweeted out whenever Rick Russell's name comes up. Um it's one of the greatest baseball cards ever. I have that one. I have the the Bob Euchre card where he posed batting left-handed even though he was a right-handed batter. <laughs> That's good. Uh, I don't have the uh Bill Ripken one that said fuckface on the damn they wrote it he somebody wrote it on his on the handle of his on the knob of his bat and he didn't know it and he posed for the picture and somebody at Topps didn't catch it right so, so there's a few hundred people out there before Topps pulled it and reprinted the cards that have the the fuckface card I don't have one of those damn damn it wasn't a baseball card you don't have the Steve Stone uh, naked pose and what was the Cosmo what what was that the I think it was Playgirl. Was a playgirl? Yeah, I play, yeah I think you're right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even though you don't get to see whether he's circumcised or not. Um, that picture got me banned from Twitter for a week. How's that? They, um, I replied. I'd like to tweet it out once in a while. It's yeah. it's relatively tasteful. I mean, he's doing it the Burt Reynolds. It's, it's, they, it's the Burt Reynolds yes, thing. Exactly. You don't, you know he's naked, but there's no... There's no. You don't see. You don't see. Little Steve doesn't appear in the picture. You don't see the. You don't see the stone (laughs) pony. No, that's right. (laughs) What got me banned was somebody like um, someone had retweeted something of a um, of an adult nature on Twitter, Mm -hmm. to which I thought, well, I can contribute because I saw it. I can contribute with the naked picture of Steve Stone. Oh, you were yes and yes. I don't know if they if they if Twitter just went in and banned everybody on the thread, <laughs> right? But a few minutes later, I go to uh, I go to you know send another you know one of my pearls of wisdom tweets, and I realize I've been locked out, and it was a week before I got back. Now that wasn't the longest. The longest Twitter suspension I ever got <laughs> was um, one that I. I earned it, but I still think it was worth it. Um, I had been trying to um, get the Cubs would let people do a Twitter takeover. Those were remember when those were a thing. Oh yeah. I kept on Twitter demanding that they <laughs> let me take over their Twitter, right. and they wouldn't do it. And they had this guy who was their social media guy. Um, I'm going to butcher his last name. Kevin Sagi, S A G H Y. Um, kind of a Mike Quaddy lucky kid, um, who I he we we followed each other, and I would tweet to him, "Hey Kevin, let me let me be," and, and he wouldn't do it. So one day I decided, "Oh the hell with it, I'll just do it myself." So I changed my avatar to the Cub logo, <laughs> and I changed the screen name to Chicago Cubs official, and I just started tweeting out all kinds of. Uh, stuff. I announced it was. Um, it, it must have been. It couldn't have been too long after Keith Moreland decided 
that he'd had enough of the Cub radio job because one, the, I tweeted out that as the Cubs that I was officially announcing that um, I wanted to make it believable. So it was Rick Sutcliffe and somebody else. It was a three-man booth. Yeah. I officially tweeted that out, to which Sahadev saw it and retweeted it, thinking that it was really the Cubs. <laughs> and so now I'm on a roll. So I'm sending out stuff left and right. <laughs> and I decided to announce um, I decided to announce the promotional calendar for the season. And oh, no. <laughs> so I decided that uh, the Cubs, in an effort to become uh, more inclusive, were going to have a pederast day where <laughs> no kids would be allowed within 500 yards of Wrigley Field so that registered sex offenders could finally attend a Cub game. <laughs> and, and, and then I, I, I got a, about 10 days off from Twitter. That was that was too much for Twitter. Now, how because this might be useful for our listeners. How did you did you have to like appeal to Twitter or just was it ten days over and you were able to log back? No, back out? I, nowadays the way apparently it works now. I haven't been knock on wood. I haven't been banned in a very long time because there's actually a second Discipio. There's there's a second there's a Discipio like a, a refugee account that I would shift to. Okay. And get get some people to to tweet out that hey Andy's got a tweet from the refugee account for a few days. Haven't had to use that one in a while, but right. it still exists. I still know how to log into it. It's like the Jed. It's like the Theo Jed Hoyer yes. spanking it account that one. Yeah. Okay. Right. Uh, apparently, currently, when you get banned, they pretty much if it's just a temporary suspension, they will tell you how many days to expect to be banned. They did they not. Give me, they, they give you your sentence. Yes, to some to some people. Yeah. Okay. Um. They didn't do that back then. And yes, you had an actual form you had to fill out to appeal. And my appeal was that I was intentionally, although this is only partially true, because at the beginning, I was trying to make it look legit. I was tweeting out things I thought they would actually, except just a little bit exaggerated. And then I started to, I got I got into it a little too much, and I, re, I went off the deep end um, with Pederast Day. Which, honestly, would you put it past the Ricketts to have Pederast Day? Was it spelled with two T's? Pederas? How, how would you spell pederas? Maybe if you're only from, they'll they'll get a bunch of pederas. They'll get some Omaha pederas, and they'll send that. They get to come to the game. They'll be the first ones allowed back when they have limited COVID seating. Mm, It'll be the right chance to let them all come out and see a game. Um, everyone deserves a second chance or a fourth. Um, so I had to fill this thing out every day and basically say, look, I think it was pretty obvious to people that this wasn't that was really cool. the Cub Twitter thing. I, I won't do it again. I, I've already set my account because I could go into my account, but I couldn't, um, I couldn't tweet out. It would stop me every time. But I changed my bio back to the Discipio uh, with, the, with the moron guy and all that stuff. Right. And they would never reply to me. <laughs> I would never hear it. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm going to have to start over. And then one day... <laughs> I logged in and everything was actually what happens when you first logged in back then, all my old tweets were gone. Mm. Nothing that I had sent was still there. And I'm like, Oh shit, are they all gone? But then they like 20 minutes later, they re-arrived. Came down from the cloud. Yes. So, the Twitter cloud. Huh? Yeah. But yeah, that was, uh, I don't know how we got on that topic, but that was fun. And then the only other adventure was I, um, 
I had the chip. I had I I was the creator of at Chip Carry. <laughs> um, it was during the. It was during a Minnesota. Speaking Yankees, of dollars, yeah. Speaking oh, of yes, dollars, exactly. Yeah. Um, it was during a, the Twins Yankees playoff series, and he was doing the games for TBS. And I saw that he had a Twitter account, and his was Twitter account was like Kapaya one two three or something stupid. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, he he couldn't even get Chip Carey, so I logged <laughs> in to Twitter. Chip Carey was available, so I took it. I'm like, fine, I'll be Chip Carey. All right. So I set it up, right. and then I put be- put a picture of Chip on there. I can be Chip. Yeah, you could be Chip. <laughs> What's your real name? Harold. Uh, now you could be Chip. What's your middle name? Ivan. <laughs> um, or maybe his middle name is Harold. Christopher. He's either Harold Christopher Carey or Christopher Harold Carey. It might Ooh. be Christopher Harold Carey. Or maybe Christopher Harry. might even just be Harry. I don't know. Anyway. Huh. Anyhow. So I signed up as, as Chip Carey. I started tweeting out as Chip. And um, trying to say things that Chip would say. And then one of the best ones was I was tweeting from the press box at Yankee Stadium in anticipation of the game, sending out all these tweets and then having to, then having to also tweet out that is this Chip had just figured this out. Oh, apparently today's an off day. The series <laughs> resumes tomorrow. So Deadspin picked that up back in its <laughs> apologies to Sam, back in its glory days. Deadspin picked that up and right. wrote a whole post about who said whoever that whoever the running the Chip Carry Twitter account is actually a better Chip Carry than Chip Carry. <laughs> I think I would have been fine Except I decided that Chip was going to run a promotion where if you called the Turner Sports phone number, you would win an iPad. <laughs> and I was immediately banned because I'm sure Turner was getting because that account all of a sudden had like 35,000 followers just because because Deadspin had picked it up. Oh, my God. So I'm sure they got a deluge of phone calls and reported it to Twitter. And then I was banned. All right. Um, wow. The best part about it, though, is that because of that. Chip can't ever be slash Chip Carey. Oh. That account is the account is locked forever. Really? Yes. Even Chip can't get it. No. How could Chip be able to get no. it? I I ruined that for Chip. Oh, see, that's terrible. Poor Chip. Anyway, so there you go. More stories wow. about wow bear, fans tuning into the Bear Podcast and listening to 20, <laughs> twenty minutes of Cub Twitter chat. But honestly. Uh. I tell you a little secret about the newsletter. The Monday morning newsletter, if I start, you know, it's typically the Monday morning Cub and Down newsletter. Right. If I run the David Ross, Chris Christopherson banner, and then write a little bit about the Cubs and then go into the Bear stuff, I get about 40% more hits than if I just write about the Bears. Very interesting. There you go. Today I was like, there's nothing to write about with the Cubs. I have a feeling there'll be something to write about the Cubs tomorrow. Yeah, what a what a <laughs> right. but not today. We won't get into that. <clears throat> you Darvish. <clears throat> so anyway. So what's the okay, if you're a if you're a fan who is like I've had it with Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. So if I'm me, in other if words. If you're yeah. you, what what is the optimum um scenario for the next say one week at least, or maybe next two weeks? to get them finally because I think we can we can reasonably well, assert right now they are their jobs are not in peril. They managed to 
creep back from the edge with yeah. three meaning, relatively meaningless wins against three bad teams. And it should have been four, but they couldn't even beat the Lions. They botched that somehow. Right. But right now, I don't think either one of them is waking up in the morning worried that they're getting canned at the end of the season. Is there anything that could happen in the next two weeks that could shift that back to, uh-oh, I think we're screwed? Well, I think you 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 laid out the uh, the nuclear option, yes. the nightmare scenario in your newsletter, and that is the Bears get just the the shit kicked out of them by the Packers, which quite frankly is likely. Yeah, it is. And and the Bears still managed to back into the playoffs because the Cardinals beat a golfless Rams team, and then the Bears get. Their ass is handed to them by the Saints, or whoever whoever they'll face. Yeah, I guess it could be uh, the it could be the Saints, the Packers, or um, the Seahawks. So if you so that's really the that's the most likely scenario. Packers loss, which is never a good thing. Even even in Hallis Hall, they still recognize that's a bad thing. Um, a Packers loss, you back into the playoffs, which would be worse than not even getting into the playoffs. Because then you would go, then they would rationalize. Well, hey, yeah, we made the playoffs. Did you really? Did you? Yeah. They had to yeah. add. They had to add an extra playoff team this year. Yeah, and you're backed in, and they will have then lost. Uh, they will have won three of their last ten, if that happens. Right, the Red Hot Bears. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the problem is you're, this is such, you know, and the bears do this to this, do this to us all the time. They've given us just nightmare scenarios because we cannot root for the Packers. That just can't happen. We don't want the Packers to win. We want the bears to win. But at the same time, that is also the most unhealthy thing for the organization because it solidifies they're bringing the whole crew back, bringing the whole gang back. Maybe they even, Bring Mitch back, although in your newsletter you you made good points as to why they would be unlikely yeah, to do that. I don't think that's but happening. They could, but they could. Yep. Right. And and then we're gonna run through this for another year at least. And it's just and here we go. We're just gonna be a year behind the inevitable um rebuild, reboot, whatever you want to call it. And by the way, the defense is going to is going to be a year older at that point. And now it's no longer a matter of just finding a franchise quarterback. Now it's it's essentially rebuilding an entire football team because the defense was will have aged out at that point. So to complicate things with the Bears playoff scenario, uh, as Jared Goff has a broken thumb, he's going to he claims he's going to try to play through it. Now I don't know if if you saw the Seahawks game, he. He threw a pass, hit his thumb on the helmet of, I think it was a Seahawk. It may have been a Ram. That happens. Oh, uh, yeah. always, always, always the best way to break the thumb when you hit the thumb on the helmet. Yeah. That's a Dislocated it. Yeah. Put it back in himself, which actually could have caused the break. Here's a yeah. little tip for all you, uh, for all you young football players out there. If you dislocate a finger or your shoulder or whatever else, and you have an actual athletic trainer there have them relocate it because Let there's a, it. there's a trick to it but anyway so the thumb is relocated but broken um he's going to need surgery but there he's going to try to play with it and then have the surgery at, after the season so if he's unable to play now he's not 
Jared Goff, although he could be very good, he also could be very bad. Chances are with a bad thumb, you're going to get bad Jared Goff. But if he doesn't play, they are getting the great John Wolford will be quarterbacking the Rams. Now, I don't know if you know who John Wolford is, but uh, if you go to I think the, I, speak, I think I speak for all the audience when I say no. If you go to therams.com, which is the official <laughs> site of the Rams, which means rams.com, right. is, somebody owns it. And they, yep. uh, speaking, of bad, speaking of bad hair pieces. Um, Same guy who owns the uh, the at Chip Carey account, probably. Right. Stan, Stan Kroenke didn't want to pay the premium for rams.com, <laughs> so he bought therams.com. Right. <sighs> He was an un, was uh, waived by the Jets in uh, September of 2018, where, where he had been signed as an undrafted free agent. But the next day, he signed on to their practice squad. He was released from the practice squad a year later. No. Oh, no. This is even better. All right. Let's go through the, chron- the chronology of John Wolford's Jets career. Signed as an undrafted free agent on August 26th, 2018. Waived on September 2nd. 2018, so a little more sounds, than a week later. Sounds promising so far. Signed to the practice squad on September 3rd, 2018. Released from the Jets practice squad on September 4th, 2018. What a whirlwind. <laughs> a day, okay. Ram signed him in uh, in April of 2019. He uh, played for his only professional actual game experience was he played for the Arizona Hotshots <laughs> of the Alliance of American Football, which I believe was coached by Rick Neuheisel. Mm. He was 130 of 206 for 1,614 yards, 14 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, and a Mitch Trubisky-like 95.9 quarterback rating. So that guy's going to yes. be the quarterback. But it gets even better because it turns out Kyler Murray, the quarterback of the Cardinals, hurt his leg on Saturday, and there's a chance he won't be able to play. His backup is some guy named Chris Streveler, Mm. a rookie quarterback from the football bastion South Dakota. Wow. He, however, he's played even more professional football than John Wolford, because he played 35 games for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers of the Canadian <laughs> Football League, where he threw for 2,698 yards and 19 touchdowns and ran, listen to this, ran for 1,167 yards and 22 touchdowns. Is there any possibility that Mark Trussman coached them somewhere along, along the way on his CFL journey? No, no, no. Mark only a cosmopolitan man like Mark Trustman only coaches in Montreal and Toronto. He's not right. going to Winnipeg. He's not going to slum it to Winnipeg. No, he's it. not. Okay. Um, Chris Streveler, quarterback of the Grey Cup champion Blue Bombers in 2019. Wow. Uh, he started every game he ever he, that he ever suited up for at South Dakota. He was a, unlike Mitch Trubisky, who was third team All-ACC, Chris not screwing around. He was first team All-American and first team All-Missouri Valley Football Conference. He was the Missouri Valley Offensive Player of the Year in 2017 and was runner-up to the for the Walter Payton Award, which, of course, is the uh, Division 1AA Heisman. 
Right. So if you're going for backup quarterbacks, I think I think the Cardinals have a huge advantage with Chris Stribbler. So well, bet, bet accordingly. That, yeah. That means the uh, yeah. That would be bad for the Bears. Means the Bears better win. As it should be. Mm-hmm. Now, here's how here's how confident NBC is in the Bears' effort. <laughs> Do you know what game they decided to pick up for the Sunday night telecast? Well, I was sort of shocked that the, they they moved the Bears off the noon the noon uh, telecast to the afternoon. I think they did that for competitive reasons. It's now aligned with the Cardinal game. Okay. So that there's oh, no. Uh, you think the NFL figured that out? Is that why they do? You really no. think that? They I think they want to. I think they're sending Troy and, jo- and yeah. Joe to do the Bears Packers. That's yeah, why yeah. I think it's the three twenty five. Right. But NBC could have taken it. Instead, they took Washington Philadelphia. Oh. The boy. reason for that is. They just did Bears Packers a month ago, and, and it was an what a unwatchable shit fest. Right, and they're like, um, "Yeah." The other thing is, I guess this is probably what they're really worried about. So, say they pick up Packers Bears, mm-hmm. and the Seahawks lose in the three twenty five window, and the Cardinals lose. You got two teams playing patty cake on prime time. The Bears right. are in. The Packers are the one seed. And there's no reason for anybody to watch that game. But I think more likely it was they're like, the Bears are going to get rolled, and we don't want to show that again. Yeah. Sound reasoning. Instead, they're going to show Washington, who not, they didn't just bench Dwayne Haskins. They released him today. They released their star. The guy who started week 16 for them is not even on the team for week 17 anymore. The only quarterbacks they have are. Uh, Chris Heineke is that his name? Yeah, who knows? And I, and and whatever's left of Alex Smith's leg. That's right. it. They told Dwayne, you know what? We'd rather just go away. Back to the strip <laughs> club with no mask for you, dumbass. Yeah, You're gone. I've said this before. Washington is not nearly cool enough to get to call themselves the football team. <laughs> they should. You know, they call themselves the squirrels. I don't know. The Washington squirrels. They should do something like that. Football team, they just have not earned that kind of a nickname. Yeah, yeah they could do all kinds of, they could be the gridlock. They could, they, right. They could be they the pork be the, barrels. They, they could be, be the Congress. Of, yeah. They could be all kinds of fun stuff. Right. Football team. Yeah. They could be the vetoes. They could be all kinds of things. Actually, I think if they were, they should have embraced the whole generic notion of Washington football team. And I don't, I don't think generics do the same. Remember like if, if you went to the store, there was always this, the section of generic products and all they had was a yellow label, which is like, <laughs> it said like beer and big black type or right. flower. It just said what it was. That was my aisle. Yeah. Right. They should have just gone with the, with again, that's it's half their colors anyway, just a yellow Jersey with like player written <laughs> above the number. Yeah. That'd have been cool. Go completely generic. Just completely embrace it. But yeah. they didn't even do that. Wow. So another another hot topic was um, the NF the uh, NFL MVP. Apparently, some people really get excited about this. I I couldn't tell you if you if you put a gun to my head and said who won the MVP four years ago, I would have no idea who it was. I just don't care. No. Um, 
But the idea is now that because the Chiefs have had, even though they managed to win, they had lackluster performances the last two weeks. And Aaron Rodgers now has like 42 touchdowns and five interceptions. Mm-hmm. Um, that he's going to win it. But it's it's amazing to me that if if you're going to give it to a guy who, just because he finished strong, that Mitch isn't getting more MVP love. Have right. Have they not watched these games? I mean, apparently he's become you know just a great quarterback recently. Seven touchdowns and two interceptions the last four weeks. A, a lot of Twitter seems to think so. I mean, if Ryan Tapera can get an MVP yeah. MVP vote, yes. Current. Now, of course, we 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 I think we all would agree that if the criteria is who helps your team win games more than any other player, well, then that's Cairo Santos is your is your MVP. That's right, twenty four consecutive field goals. Tying Dundee. a bear franchise record held by uh, the guy who was trying to throw the game for the 49ers last week. Yeah. I don't think there's any doubt that Cairo will destroy that record this week because I can't, I'm sure he'll get five or six field goal attempts because the Bears aren't going to score any touchdowns. Right. He could put it out of reach. And I'm sure he will. Actually, now I love Cairo. I, I think he's, I literally, I legitimately think he's the best player on the Bears. He legitimately is their MVP. It's hard to argue. We know what this is setting up for, right? Yeah. 24 straight field goals. Mitch is going to – the Packers are going to score late, take a two-point <laughs> lead. Mitch is going to bring the Bears down the field, set up <laughs> like a – what was it? A 40, it'll be a 43-yard field goal. Cairo, fresh off at, the, at that time, 27 field goals in a row, <laughs> is going to hit not one – He's going to hit an upright, the other upright. He's going to do Cody one better and the crossbar and out. A triple doink. Yes, a triple doink. He's going to raise the raise it by a doink. Yeah. How about the fact that Cody Parkey, still an NFL <laughs> kicker, still hitting uprights. He hit the upright for the Browns yesterday. I Amazing. Don't, you, there's no way there's not 33 better kickers in the, in, than Cody Parkey. No. Because the biggest issue we had with him with the Bears until his doinkage was his complete lack of leg strength, which seems like it would be important for a kicker. It would seem so. Like, he couldn't kick a 50-yard field goal. He couldn't kick off anywhere near the end zone. Right. And then he hit... How many times? He hit an upright three times in one game, right? Wasn't that the... That was the one then where he... He had to be shamed into going to Soldier Field and practicing, and uh, WGN <laughs> sent the helicopter to film it. Right. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> yeah. Amazing. Let's let's hope that. Actually, I have full confidence that if they get if they get Cairo into field goal range late, he's kicking the Bears to the playoffs. He's not. He's no Cordy Parkey. He's not. He's, he's not dicking around. He's he's not showing up on the on the Today Show a week from today. No. 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 He is not. He's he making not. it. So next week we'll either be, oh boy, uh, uh, you know. Yeah, it's either a season for- post-mortem, which honestly these feel like every week, <laughs> or it's playoff preview. Playoff bound. Okay, so now if you're the Bears, if you, if, 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 if say they make the playoffs, if the mm-hmm. goal is to actually win a playoff game, of the three possibilities – Packer rematch, Saints, another rematch, lost to them in overtime. Mm-hmm. It seems it seems like a like another lifetime ago that they lost to the Saints in overtime. Yeah. Or Seattle. Who do you who who do you think you could actually beat, if anybody? 
Well, you're not going to beat the Packers and Landry on that. Yeah. No. And we're Especially, assuming, you know, if you, if you play the Packers next week, it means you beat them on Sunday. It's the only way that happens. Yeah. They're not going to be happy. No. Then I, I painted the picture. That's the that's the Notre Dame-Clemson rematch is what that is. Right. right. Where you lose so exactly. badly, you erase any memory people had of the fact, hey, we actually beat them last time. No, you didn't. No. Yeah. We remember what happened. You didn't actually beat them. Yes, we did. We have it on film and everything. We, we'll show you the highlights. No. Tough. So then you're down to you've got the Saints in the Dome. Yep. Or, and Drew Brees is very tough in the Dome. Yep. But and Mitch Michael also, Thomas, Michael Thomas will be back for the playoffs. Michael Thomas will be back. Mitch, you would think, is marginally that helps him a little bit because there's no elements. So you've got that, or you've got Russell Wilson and Mitch in Seattle, yep. where it's probably going to be rainy. Yep. I don't think it matters. I, I think they can, I think any of them kill him. I, I think the Bears get crushed in any of those scenarios. But okay, who's the one? What if you uh, ranked them? If we say you rank the three from okay, the most to them. least likely to to beat. All right. So Packers, there's no they're they're. Absolutely not beating the Packers. There's no no shot in hell of that. Yeah, I agree with that. So I guess I would. I guess I would go. I would go. Uh, I guess I'd have to go. Their best chance would be Seattle. Is yeah. my guess. What do you think? The Bears have never lost a playoff game to Seattle. There you go. They're There's that. They beat uh, the Fighting Mike Holmgrens and the uh, Pete Carrolls. See, they have history on their side. I and I do. I think Seattle's is their best chance to win. And I don't think it's a very good chance. No. So yeah, I think they have to hope they're going to Seattle. Um, although, how about this? If they go to, if they play New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Nagy could break it. Remember the Mitch package only lasted one play because he got hurt. Think about right. all those plays they've got squirreled away. They haven't been able to use yet, and they just right. they just they just unload that. All over the Superdome. Oh, there you go. Well, Ryan Pace taking advantage of all his inside yes, Saints that's right. knowledge. That's right. He's like, oh, yeah. You know what I know? This Drew Brees guy, pretty good. <laughs> She's not too bad. Thanks, thanks, Ryan. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, that's go get your haircut, Ryan. Yeah, I would say, in order of preference, it would be Seattle. Um, New Orleans. New Orleans and then the Packers. Yeah, I would agree. Plus the yeah. fact that, God, if you play the Packers in the playoffs again, right now the career – the all-time playoff record, Bears-Packers, is 1-1. One one. <laughs> we don't really want to fall behind 2-1. to one. You don't? No. No, it was bad enough. And that, the NFC title game from... That's, we're going to see it anyway. They're going to break out all... We're going to get ready. If, you, if you've never seen Jay Cutler sulking in a cape... Oh boy! Brace yourself for Sunday. Fox has yeah. hours of that footage to show. It's going to be great. <laughs> if you're if you're if you really enjoy watching BJ Raji return an interception for a touchdown, Sunday is going to be for you because you're oh, going to yeah. see it. Actually, Caleb Haney is probably the most excited guy in the world. He's like he's going to have you know hopefully social distance, but he's going to have a bunch of friends over because he's going to be featured on the telecast at some point. Like, right. I played in this game. I threw a touchdown pass. Yeah, we yeah, we we know you did. You also threw that. one to the Packers, which kind of nullified <laughs> the one you threw to Earl Bennett. But still. right, right. Yeah, it's gonna be yeah. good. I really can't yeah. wait. You would like at the beginning of the season. 
If they told you, all right, Bears are going to be playing for a playoff spot on the final week, you'd be like, oh, you'd be excited. I, I am, I am completely yeah. full of dread already, and it's only Monday. Already thinking about all the horrible things that can happen to the yeah. Packers of all teams. Now, the NFL schedule maker is an asshole. These two games, honestly, every, it should be a law that the Bear Pack, Bears and Packers play in week two and week six every year. Just get that shit out of the way. I don't want it to be the first game of the season, but I, right. I, I don't need them after like first week of October. I don't need to see right. the Packers again. Yeah, like to pretend they don't exist. No, just save it up for the last two of the last five games. It's horseshit. Yeah. It's yep. just well, a, they got hey, he got what he wanted. That's what he wanted. Whoever, whenever's writing this thing out, and it's not even going to be a capper. Of 2020, because this is in 2021. Talk about starting the year we've been Ooh. waiting for this year to end for since uh, March. We couldn't wait. Right. This is how it's going to start. <laughs> Thanks a lot, NFL. You suck. Wow. Yeah. Although, if it starts with a miraculous win, I would say this. I think the Bears, the Bears' chances of winning hinge on this. What's the one thing in his career Nick Foles has proven? He's actually good at. This is it. This is playoff. It. No, well, come off the you know, be coming off the bench, thrown into duty with no notice, oh. and all of a sudden he's like, "Holy shit! Look at this! This guy looks like a real quarterback." I think that's what's got to happen. Mitch has got to yeah. be crumpled up in a ball, relatively early on in the game, dragged off the field, and then Nick comes out, and before he can remember that he sucks. He's throwing three <laughs> touchdown passes, and the Packers are like, what the, how can we lose? I mean, Tom Brady wakes up in the middle of the night screaming that he lost a Super Bowl to Nick Foles. That's I think it would point. be perfectly great if Aaron Rodgers has to wake up some night screaming that he lost somehow lost Week 17 to Nick Foles, of all people. That would be awesome. That we can all get behind. Yeah. That would be terrific. Or the Bears could run that formation that they ran where David Montgomery Got to play quarterback for one snap list. Maybe that's the whole offense. Yeah. Yeah, a big thing that I worry about is if you're going to beat the Packers, the Colts showed it, whoever else beat them, you have to be be willing to run the football. And it's (laughs) tempting to look at their season ranks and go, well, the sixth best team against the run. They're the sixth best team against the run because their offense has gotten leads in most of these games and teams have had to abandon it because they're only 25th in the league in yards per attempt against. You can run the ball on the Packers, but you have to be willing to do it. Mm-hmm. And the Bears are not willing to run it against anybody. They yeah. only begrudgingly hand the ball off to running backs. And if you go into Sunday with that idea that you're gonna, Mitch is going to throw it all over the park and the good things are going to happen, you might as well stay home. Right. Yeah, I think that about sums it up. All right. No. Well, yeah, well, next week we can talk about an, an exciting bear win over the Packers. Yeah. It would be great. It would be it'd be completely unexpected, but it would really it – would, it would be amazingly fun to shut those bastards up. I'm just it not counting be, on it. No. But – I will thank okay. the Bears. I. It's very rare when you can bet on a game that you know one of the two teams does not want to win. And so I, I got to cash a right. ticket on Sunday, betting on so, the Bears. That was great. That was helpful. Very I, nice. I suppose I could double my money if I just bet on the Packers this week, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> right. Might as well take, take some off the table. Now, here's a little known fact. I have, in my lifetime, 
I have watched exactly one Packer playoff game ever. Do you know what game that was? Well, should it would be, have been should against be fairly the... obvious. Yes. Yeah, and, and I do Kelly not did. intend to break that streak. <laughs> right. My brother-in-law is a St. Louis Cardinal fan. Does not believe that I also have never watched a St. Louis Cardinal playoff game except for the four times in 2015 when they played the Cubs. Life is too short to watch that shit. I just won't do it. One of my friends was a Steeler fan, and so the apparently the Packers and Steelers played in the Super Bowl in 2011, I guess. <laughs> and he's like, you're really not going to watch the Super Bowl? Like, no, I'm not watching it. I don't, I'm not watching the Packers. And I didn't. I think I watched Dr. Zhivago. I was going to say, what did you watch instead? Dr. Zhivago. Okay. I watched Dr. Zhivago. This is even longer, I think, than the Super Bowl was. Yeah. Did not know that the Packers had won until the next day. <laughs> and didn't didn't give a shit. I was pretty much resigned to it. And uh, went to bed that night going, eh, maybe they lost. Woke up, saw it on the news, went, ah, eh, fuck, of course they won. <laughs> but uh, just because they televised this stuff doesn't mean you have to watch it. So... I know I've missed some fun stuff. I missed, um, during the Mike McCarthy era, especially, they managed to lose some playoff games in excruciating fashion. I've always seen the highlights. Like the time that Ruddy faced Tom Coughlin and the Giants went in and some slappy kicked like a, kicked a frozen football for like a 43-yard field goal to beat him. You're right. Um, The time that the, uh, the Packers fucked up an onside kick and the Seahawks beat him. I've seen all the highlights. I know what happened. It's just like with the Cardinals. I know Travis Ishikawa hit a home run to win the pennant against them. Yeah. I enjoyed it, but I enjoyed it after the fact. I didn't have to watch any of the other stuff. I like that. So that's, that's my good. advice to all of you out there. If you hate the Packers, you don't have to watch them. You're not going to miss that's it. Right. I missed uh, John Elway winning a Super Bowl. His first one ever because they're playing the Packers. Fuck that. I'm not watching that. <laughs> don't give a shit. I like it. Life's too short. Yeah. They're really only two teams that I hate. To that degree, and Cardinals and Packers. Cardinals and Packers, and not changing. Too old now to change. Right. Good choices. Good. But choices. I will watch them on. I always watch them when they play the Bears. I can't yeah. help myself. I'm not missing a Bear game, even if it's against the Packers. Right. And when I was a kid, they never lost to the Packers. It was great. Oh, it was the best. Yeah. Oh, the Forrest Gregg era. Yeah. yeah. They've beaten them. It's eerily close. The fact the Bears have played in four playoff games in the last twenty years. The Bears are also four and sixteen in the last twenty games against the Packers. At some point, this has to turn around, right? You would think, but uh, well, that was you know the Pace Negiero was supposed to turn this all around. Yeah, the only guy that did it was Lovey, and it was only for five years. Yeah, they went. They won seven of their first ten that he was the coach. And then it went right back to shit again. Yeah. Oh, well. All right. Well, we can't wait to talk about All right. it. Can't wait to talk about the fifth win in 21 <laughs> attempts against the Packers. Coming up. Coming up Sunday afternoon. All right. Well, I got to go uh, see if I can tweet off the Chip Carey account. For yeah, that'd be great. Right. Yeah. Tweet at Jed while you're at it. See what happens. Yeah. All right. We'll see you next week, Mike. All right. Take care. Many of us have herpes. 